welcome into another edition of Unpopular Opinions. My name's Chuck Taylor, and as always, I am joined by my co-host, the trusty briefcase, Mr. Casey Cobb. Casey, how are you doing today? Good afternoon. I'm doing great. I'm getting ready to do some grilling out here in the heat. Uh, Cowboys won, so that was cool. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to talk some college football, Chuck. There you go. Yeah, Cowboys starting off 2-0. and um, Yeah, looking looking pretty good, so... Um, on the docket today, we skipped a week. Um, sorry about that. We got a little busy, but we're back on it this week. So we're going to go back to week two, um, talk our two big picks of that week, kind of recap Texas and LSU and Texas A&M and Clemson. Um, and then we're going to get into our review and preview of picks. We're going to knock out two by doing those two and then do our last one and then go into this week's picks, which will be week four. Um, after we do that, we'll take it out with our final take. So having said all that, Casey, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. Well, let's jump right into it. We had, uh, number one, the Clemson Tigers against the number 12 Texas A&M Aggies out there in Death Valley. Uh, the final being 24 to 10 and I'll go ahead and read off our score since we're already on this. I had Clemson winning 41, 26. You had A&M winning 35-30, to 30, like I said, the final 24-10 to 10 out there in Death Valley. Casey, what would you see from this one from uh, Jimbo and the group? Chuck, you know, a lot of people were saying that this game, that Clemson dominated the game. And while, yes, I mean, that, that uh, Trevor Lawrence, man, he makes some really awesome throws. They made some awesome catches. But – when, when I think back on it, I'm like, you know, I think A&M really shot themselves in the foot. Like they had some passes. Bond was off, threw high, several drops, a couple of interceptions, a, uh, a fumble, you know, in the red zone. So, you know, if any of those had been made, right, could have changed the trajectory of the game. So I, I don't necessarily see that they were dominated. Maybe I'm looking through rose-colored glasses, but I think A&M really could have had a shot, you know. But uh, I think Clemson overall, yes, they were a better team. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I think A&M held – I think they held in there. I think they shot themselves in the foot, and they more lost the game than Clemson won the game. But that's my opinion. I could be wrong, you know. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, um, I, I don't think Clemson had their, their best game. I don't, I don't think they had an A-plus game in this one. I think, um, I think it was around a B-plus rating if, if I was – going to grade them. Uh, they definitely looked a little sloppy in areas, you know, early in the season teams are going to do that. Trevor Lawrence didn't, you know, put on an amazing game. He had a very solid workman like game, 268 yards, a touchdown. He did have an interception, um, pretty decent completion percentage, but they also made Kellen Mond look pretty human, a uh, little worse completion percentage, 236 yards with a touchdown and an interception. They also kept Kellen Mond. I mean, I know he's not a he's not a huge running quarterback, but but the quarterback run game is a decent part of his game. And they held him to five carries for one right. yard, so yeah. they definitely took him out of that element. Um, something that really impressed me was Clemson receivers. Justin Ross is the real deal. Um, that guy could ball. I mean, yep. he he just he really he made some catches that. You know, Trevor Lawrence, it wasn't really Trevor Lawrence's throw. It was Justin Ross's catch. And it really wasn't A&M's defensive fault. It was Justin Ross. So that guy is somebody to look out for in the future in the NFL. Um, yeah, th this one was, I mean, you know, 
it really was 24 to three until the last minute, you know, and A&M got that, that last second touchdown um, to make it 24, 10. But I, like I said, I don't think they got Clemson's a plus game. Um, I think they did. Uh, they did make Clemson look a little sloppy in some areas that said, I never at any point in this game said Clemson might lose this game. Um, I just never felt that at any point, first through the fourth quarter. Right. I never thought that the game was in jeopardy. I didn't think that Clemson was running away with it necessarily, but I never felt the game was in jeopardy. Um, so take that with you, Will. I mean, I, you know, it's, it's a big game for, for A&M, especially last year, giving them that great game in, um, in Kyle Field. Uh, having to go to Clemson. Death Valley second week of the season. That's a that's a tall tall order, and um, you know I th- I think they I think they did enough to be uh, proud of their performance, and now they can really as a team see where they match up against the the, t- the tippity top of the elite of college football. Right. Yeah, and and they they showed it. You know they they looked like they were in control the whole game. You're absolutely correct. Um, yeah. But, so I, and, and, look, you know a lot of people talked about that touchdown at the end like really dude I, I know you were calling me like really come on Jimbo quit calling me stupid <laughs> another game right I'm, I'm tired of this I'm ready for uh, but yeah but, you, know, I, you think about it though right I mean hey your job is to go out there and try to win and, and do your best to try to score points so you know I, for me personally again I'm an Aggie so I love it right let's go try to score on every play and and uh, you know I'm, I'm glad they did that yeah, I, I like I said, I have no problem with a team trying to score, you know, in the last – now, in a game like this, it was obviously not trying to come back because the game was over, right. but it was just trying to save face. And I'm fine with that. My problem with it was there was under a minute left, and he called, he had to call two timeouts to push it through. It's like, look, try your best, run your trick plays, whatever you got to do. You know, maybe call one if it's a going to set up for a fourth down that you're going to go for a third down and the clock's running out, but don't sit there and call two timeouts. You know, if you need that much to punch it in, it's like, really? I mean, I I guess, I I don't know. That's just my point of view on it, but I get where he's coming from. 24 to 10 does look better than 24 to three. So if that's what gets his team up, you know, whatever you got to do. Um, but that, that was the one out in death Valley. That was, you know, it was a very good game. Uh, it wasn't a, you know, 50 to 10 blowout or anything like that. It was, it was a good game to watch. It was, um, yeah. Solid college football game. Do you have anything else before we move on on that one? No, I think I'm good on that one, Chuck. All right. So let's take it uh, to the nightcap on ABC. This one in DKR, Austin, Texas, the number six LSU, Louisiana State Tigers, the Bayou Bengals against the number nine Texas Longhorns. LSU came away with this one, 45 to 38. Um, I had Texas winning 31 to 27. You had Texas winning 28, 24. Yep. We both getting this one wrong. Um, Casey, what did you watch this game? What'd you see from this one? How do you think Texas matched up against the, the powers that be over there in LSU? Dude, I watched the first part of this and, you know, Texas was in the game, you know, Ellinger looked good. Defense, uh, you know, against that high-powered, high-octane new offense that LSU is running out there, which is totally different from historically what they've done. You know, I look like they it looked like they could hang with them. You know, I, unfortunately, I had to go to bed because I had to get up at 4 a.m. the next day to go make lattes for soccer moms. But, 
Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, they looked like a good, solid team, you know, and, and I've talked about all year long that the two losses that I could see Texas having is LSU and Oklahoma. And I think they're still in the thick of things with this, Chuck. So, you know, if they can go, if they can take care of Oklahoma and the Red River rivalry, you know, then they're looking at a chance of getting back into the getting into the Big 12 championship game, maybe being in the the uh, the playoff discussion, right? So yeah, 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 absolutely. And I and I just want to preface this by saying that any any Longhorn fan that you know considers this a a, a disappointing game, I mean, maybe disappointing, but a unforgivable game is just mistaken. I mean, in the point right. in the programs, you know trajectory right now we're already ahead of schedule you know I, I I'm with Tom Herman I don't think there should be um there, there should be uh crap what is he I can't remember his the word that he uses for losses that should mean something but anyways only wins mean things at UT and I and I totally get that and agree with that but this definitely was a good game a, a good measuring stick for where we're at I think Texas had a lot of opportunities to win this game I think they definitely could have won this game. I'm not going to say we should have won this game because the secondary looked, you know, LSU and Joe Burrow definitely poked a lot of holes in our secondary and our defense in general. Um, But Sam Ellinger lights out 401 yards, four touchdowns, no picks, another 60 on the ground with a touchdown. So he, you know, definitely equaled Joe Burrow's game. Uh, Joe Burrow, 31 of 39 for 471 yards, four TDs and and an interception. Um, So, Joe Burrow was better better than advertised. Um, I, I could just say that. They had three receivers with over 100 yards um, in this game, one of them with three touchdowns and Justin Jefferson. So just an insane game. It really – everything came off of those three receivers. Joe Burrow made throws when, it, when he needed to. Um, and Texas – you know, I think the main story behind this game was I think Texas owned the first quarter, even though LSU won, was winning 3 nothing at the end of the first – I think they had two um, red zone stops that, you know, on the goal line that if Keontae Ingram catches the football, it's at least seven to three, if not 14 to three. Um, The second quarter was definitely owned by LSU. And then the second half, I think was a, was a flip-flop. You know, neither defense could stop either offense in the second half. So it, it turned into a bit of a shootout um, in the second half, but just a great, great football game. Um, you know, really proud of how Texas played. I think, you know, except for a win, uh, right behind a win, this is the, the best game that, that you could have hoped for as a UT fan um, coming into this one. And like I said, they're in it the whole game. They could have, you know, they definitely could have pulled it off. And we got them again next year. So we'll, we'll have another shot. You know what I thought was funny was when they were running out, like they're doing all that construction. I'm like, oh, my gosh, they had to run like 100 yards, like a full football field just to get to the field, you know? Oh, the in the south end zone there? Yeah, yeah, the south end zone. I was like, oh, my gosh, wow, they're going to make them run a long ways. What's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you heard about the uh, – you can't talk about this game without talking about – have you heard about the AC gate? No. So, so LSU and, and Ed Orgeron and, and a, I, I guess the players, maybe the fan base is pushing this, that uh-huh. they're, they're claiming that the visiting locker room um, air conditioning didn't work at DKR. Um, so it's blown up into this huge thing. Ed Orgeron claimed that Louisiana Tech warned them about the visiting locker room AC not working. 
Louisiana Tech head coach and um, I think assistant coaches have come out since saying that that's not true, that they never claimed anything like that. Um, but also it's turned kind of nasty. Uh, before this game, um, as Sam Ellinger's phone number was leaked and, and he was berated by text messages, phone calls and stuff. But I guess they leaked the entire coaching staff and it's turned into death threats and um, – uh, just nasty, racist, and homophobic messages towards serious? our strength and conditioning coach, uh, head coach Tom Herman. His wife even got several calls. Um, yeah, so it's it's turned into a big, nasty thing. So keep it classy out there in the Bayou, LSU. And your fan base is, is not my, on my favorite list right now. But wow. the game, the, the players, um, definitely a great football team out there. It's just it's unfortunate that stuff like that has to happen. But um, – one last thing about it, uh, coming into the – we played Rice yesterday, and Longhorn Network, um, even though they weren't televising it, they always have their pregame thing, whatever. Right. So coming into the pregame, they were all – the like Ricky Williams and all the people that are on Texas Game Day, they, they all uh, introduced the show in the visitor's locker room, and they were all wearing coats, big heavy coats, <laughs> and shivering, <laughs> saying, welcome to Texas Game Day. <laughs> Uh, that's funny. So a little bit of fun there, but yeah, that uh, that that's really all. I don't I don't think I have anything else to add to this game. It's just a really really great college football game. If you weren't able to watch it, go back and watch it on YouTube or something because it was a very exciting game down to the end. Yeah, I wish I could have stayed up later and watched that because it did look like a fun game. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the last play of the game was a uh, um, onside kick, and Colin Johnson was a. a couple inches away from catching he actually collected the onside kick but he was just barely out of bounds um i mean that's really how close it really came down to the last play so yeah great great football game but very cool man anyways so those are the those are the two big uh picks from uh that week we had one more and we'll go ahead and move into that now it was number 23 stanford versus usc um, I had Stanford winning 29-24. You had USC winning 24-21. Your final um, out there was 45-20 to USC taking this one home. Um, Casey, you have anything to say about, the, say about this game? Did you watch this game? Anything in particular? I got one right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. We each only got one right this week, so – or that week too, I yeah. should say. Man, yeah. yes, yes. I'm like, all right, man. I got that one right. Cool. Um, yep. No, I mean, I didn't really pay too much attention. I, I think Stanford struggled the week before. I know they were in the top 25. Just didn't look very solid. Um, and so I just didn't have a good feeling about Stanford. I'd watched a little bit of that game. I don't remember who they played. Um, but they just didn't impress me, man. And and uh, USC had a pretty decent game. And they came in there and what they do? They walloped them, man. You know? Yeah, I mean, 45 to 20. This, yeah. this one at USC in Los Angeles. But. Right? USC may be, uh, you know, USC and Oregon. Those may be the two teams from the Pac-12 we need to be watching out for. Oh, well, Washington State, too. We'll get to that later on my yeah. my ending discussion. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I mean, USC took care of business. I think Stanford is was overrated and that's kind of played out. I don't expect to see them do too much the rest of the year, to be honest with you. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a little bit of a a molly whopping, as you would say. Um, a molly whopping. Nice. I did. 
Yeah, yeah. You like that adjective? That's good. Yeah. I didn't uh, realize. Um, I guess it'd be a verb, wouldn't it? Yeah. Well, I don't know. But anyways, um, I didn't realize going into this game that uh, both these teams were going to be playing with their backup quarterbacks. Um, both these teams lost their starting quarterbacks the week before. Um, USC was Chase Daniels. I don't know who Stanford's starting quarterback is, but off the top of my head. Right. But both of them played with their backup quarterbacks. Uh, Keaton Slovis, I was just looking at this, 28 of 33 for 377 yards, three touchdowns and no picks as a backup for USC. Oh, wow. Um, solid, solid game. So yeah. I didn't watch this one, but uh, I just thought that was interesting. I did not know that going into my pick. I, I, didn't, I don't know if it would have affected my pick, but um, – yeah, that that's just kind of interesting. So USC taking that one home. So with that, um, our week two picks, we both went one for three. That gives us each one point and knocks us both up to three points total on the season. So we're still tied. But with that, Casey, we'll go into our week four picks. Are you ready to do so? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, so week four, week three, we missed, like we said, um, but we we didn't really miss that much. There wasn't really that many good games, so we got lucky there. But week four with some big, big games um, on the slate. Uh, starting with, we'll we'll start in the Big Ten here. We got number eleven Michigan, the Wolverines, against the number thirteen Wisconsin Badgers. Casey, what do you see in this one? This one is going to be in Wisconsin. Um, in Madison, Casey, what, what do you see happening out there? I think Wisconsin's going to win this game 34 to 20, Chuck. It could be worse than that. I don't, I think Michigan is not very strong this year. They had a pretty abysmal showing first, uh, I think it was a first week out, you know, they struggled in their first game and Wisconsin looks pretty stinking good so far this year. They got a running back. Um, I'm sure you probably got his name there, but they got a running back. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. That boy can play. So I expect Jonathan Taylor to run all over uh, Michigan. So 34-20, Chuck. 34-20, not a bad score there. Yeah, Jonathan Taylor. I, I can't remember if I mentioned this just us in passing or if I mentioned this in the first podcast, but Jonathan Taylor is one of my Heisman finalists uh, going into the you know, early Heisman finalist pick. Uh, this guy is unbelievable. He had an unbelievable year last year that was overshadowed by yeah. Kyler Murray and, and some other guys, but – um, just an incredible running back. I think he's a senior this year, junior or senior. Um, unbelievable running back. So I'm with you here. I, I think Wisconsin takes this. I think there's a chance Michigan gives them a game uh, and they figure things out under Jim Harbaugh. There's a reason why they were ranked so hard to start the year, but they just don't look like they have it together right now. And with it not being in the big house, hard for me to pick Michigan in this one. So I'm going to go Wisconsin. Um and I'm going to say, let's go 39 to 21. Okay. Wisconsin takes that one home. 39 21. So pretty, pretty close to yours. Right on. Cool. Um, let's see. So next one on the slate, we go to the SEC, the first big SEC matchup of the year. This is number eight Auburn Tigers against the number 17, your own Texas AM Fight Naggies in Kyle Field. This one's prime for an upset. Casey, I know. You're probably hesitant. You picked the upset two weeks ago. You got burned. But do you have the guts? Do you have the brains to pick A&M in an upset in Kyle Field week four? 
I don't know if I have the brains, Chuck. I mean, the jury's still out on that, but I do have the guts. <laughs> oh, here we go. Okay. Texas A&M is going to win this game. It's going to be a close game. They're going to win 28 to 25. The reason why is because Auburn has a freshman quarterback, Bo Nix, who looks really good, but he's still a freshman. They're coming into Kyle Field. A&M, I think, got some of the kinks worked out playing uh, Lamar yesterday, put the beat down on him. I think they're going to be prepared. I think they're going to be hungry. I think they're going to be ready to show what they're made of. We got this running back, Isaiah Spiller, and that boy can run. He's a freshman, and if you haven't watched him, I expect him to get some yards. I know Auburn's got a good defense, but uh, that boy, he's good. So you'll have to check him out. I think our secondary is going to step up, uh, get some picks. We've already had a number of picks this year. It's been a, been a good season for us in interceptions. I think Bo's going to make some uh, make some errors. I think it's going to come down to turnovers. So that's put it in the books. Kellen Mond is going to get on track. Uh, I don't know what's going on in his head. He's got the cobwebs cleared out. He's going to step up, make the throws. Spiller's going to run, and we're going to get the interceptions. A&M is going to win this game, Chuck. Book it. They're going to be playing the war hymn out there in College Station. Oh, let me, before we, before I give my pick, just want to say Michigan and Wisconsin, that one's on at 11 a.m. on Fox on Saturday. This one at 2.30 on CBS. So uh, make sure you tune in. You can watch all three of the games we picked this week because uh, the next one is the nightcap. So where's the last one? Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, the next one's the, the nightcap. So you can watch all three of these games if you're playing it out right. Um, that's a great pick. Uh, I like that pick and I'm going to hop on with you. I think yeah. it takes this game. I think, yes, I think going into this game, just looking at the game itself, I was like, whoever's the home team, that's who I'm picking because war Eagle out there in Auburn, really tough place to play. Kyle field out there in college station, really tough place to play. I think these teams are way closer in talent than 17 to eight. Um, you know, Texas A&M having that tough loss against Clemson on the road. So, with all that said, I think home field advantage makes a difference in this one. I think Kellen Mond has a lot easier time stepping up into these big games in Kyle Field with the, uh, the 12th man at his back there. Yeah. So having said that, I'm going to go A&M wins this one. I don't really know how good Auburn's defense is, so this is a little tricky for me. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say they put up some points. I'm going to say A&M wins 34 to. Auburn's 27. I'm going to say they, they win by a touchdown. I, I like it. I, I like a okay. in this one. Cool. Right on, man. So with that, we'll go into the nightcap game. This one on at 7 o'clock on CBS. This one is out in Athens, Georgia. We've got the number seven in the nation, Notre Dame overrated fighting Irish. I mean, Notre Dame fighting <laughs> Irish. Against the number three Georgia Bulldogs. SEC versus Independent, Jake Fromm versus Ian Book. Casey, what do you see out there in Athens happening Saturday night? Chuck, I'm actually being a little conservative, to be honest with you. You know what? I'm going to up my score. I was going to say Georgia 38, Notre Dame 21. Forget it. It's going to be 42 to 21. Georgia is going to put the stomp on Notre Dame. I mean, look at Look at who Notre Dame has played, right? I mean, they played Louisville. I mean, really? You know, that's their that's one of their big games, right? Louisville. They beat them 35-17 at Louisville. You know, not not too big of a deal. 
you know, they stomp New Mexico, but I mean, the poor Lobos out there, I mean, they're, yeah, they're never any good. So you expect them to, once again, as you said, overrated Notre Dame, Brian Kelly, they're going to go in there and they're going to get beat. Georgia is going to tear them up. It's going to get ugly, Chuck. That's, it's not a bad pick. Um, Notre Dame, I, I could see this going one of two ways. I could see it going your way, or I could see it going as Georgia has a slip up early, overcomes it to make the playoff late, and Notre Dame has a big win early and then collapses at the end of the year. Um, having said that, I'm going to go with the more safe bet. I know it's not great for the fans and exciting for the uh, listeners for us to be the same on all three, but I got to do it. I, I got to take Georgia in this one. I think they're too good. They got DeAndre Swift back. They got Jake Fromm back. Um, I, I think that team's mad from losing in the Sugar Bowl to a much superior team last year in uh, 2018. <laughs> 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 no, no, just taking it, taking a shot there. But no, I think they're mad at, at being in the Sugar Bowl in the first place, and then also losing on top of that. Um, I think Kirby Smart is uh, going to live up to his to his family name here today, or sorry, this Saturday. Um, and I think Georgia takes this one home. Um, I don't know if it's quite as big of a beatdown, but I, I like that score. I, I think I'm, I think I'm going to go 37. Let's go 37, 27 in okay. this one. Just be a little more conservative. It could okay. be bigger than that, but I think Notre Dame has a pretty decent team this year, but all right. So with that, those are our picks. Check back next week to see how we did again. The season score right now tied three to three. So, week four picks are in. With that, Casey, are you ready to take us out with your final take of the week? Yeah, my final take of the week, and this kind of got me, you know, watching some videos again. Um, is yeah, I was trying, I was looking around for some interesting stories. I had two of them. You know, I, I think it was pretty cool what the Georgia fans did for the uh, Arkansas State head football coach lost his wife to breast cancer on August nineteenth this year, and so a vast majority of the Georgia players went in there wearing pink to kind of honor her. And I thought that was pretty cool. That's kind of what college football is about. You know, it's, it's a, it's a game and, and uh, we can use that to, you know, send a message and to support somebody going through a hard time. So that was pretty cool. Um, and then on, on the, the funny note, uh, I don't know if you saw, but uh, you know, Mike Leach went into Houston and, and took care of business there, beat Houston I watched some of that game, which was entertaining, but I did not see this. So uh, the, the Washington State Cougars lined up, okay? They had like a slot receiver who had the ball, and he not quite hiked it, but he kind of sidearm threw it back to the quarterback like they were hiking the ball to him. And he tried, <laughs> to, run, he tried to run that trick play, right? They're running around, and the, and, and the refs are like throwing flags. And like, no, that's illegal. You can't do that, right? You know, Mike Leach is over there going, what are you talking about, man? You know, <laughs> you know how he is, like, hands up, you know, looking at him like, what do you mean, dude? You can't do that. So I thought that was pretty funny. You know, Mike Leach is always trying to push the envelope and do the unexpected. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if a wide receiver could actually, like, because he didn't, he didn't, you know, snap the ball through his legs. He kind of had it in his left hand or his right hand and kind of underarm, sidearm, passed it back to the quarterback. So, I mean, who knows if that would be illegal if he hiked it between his legs, but I just think that's funny. Kind of got me going back and looking at some of Mike Leach's videos where he's giving marriage advice and stuff like that. <laughs> he just he just cracks me up. He's so funny, you know. So I don't know if you saw that or not, Chuck, but you'll have to go no, check no. it out. 
No, I did not. I'll, yeah, I'll have to go check it out. I love, uh, yeah. everybody loves Mike Leach. Good Mike yeah. Leach moment. <laughs> Gotta go check that out. Oh, man. Well, um, moving into my final take. Before I get to my final take, I just want to update um, on the Montana Grizzlies uh, real oh, quick. Yeah. yeah, just so you, in case you're, you're wondering what's going on with them. So two weeks ago, week two, we beat North Alabama 61-17. to 17. It was actually uh, 17-16 at halftime um we were losing and then we scored 45 points is that math right yeah 45 points and they scored uh no points so the final ended up being 61 to 17 um montana and then this week we played number 15 in the country the oregon ducks and lost 35 to 3 so um this next saturday we play monmouth Monmouth, 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 um, at two o'clock at home back in Grizzly Stadium. But there's your little five second uh, Montana update. But with that, um, my final take um, is uh, UT centric. Um, couldn't find anything, and uh, this was a couple two little things that that uh, probably need to be brought attention. First of all, in this past um, game against Rice. Sam Ellinger uh, passed Vince Young in career passing touchdowns and passing yards on the all-time UT uh, list. He's now got a little over 6,100 passing yards and 47 touchdowns. He should – I don't know about passing yards, but in touchdowns, he's now fifth. In passing yards, he's sixth. No kidding. By the end of the year, he should pass Major Applewhite for second on the all-time list behind Colt McCoy in touchdowns. Uh, he's got a ways to go before he gets to Colt McCoy's 112, but um, Major Applewhite had 60, so he should be able to pass him this year going into his senior year. Um, so congratulations, Sam, on that. Also, today is the University of Texas's 136th birthday, so just want to shout out a uh, hook em and happy birthday to the University of Texas. Pretty cool on that. But with that, um, I think I've uh, I think I've exhausted everything I wanted to say. Casey, you got anything um, to wrap up? Anything for the folks before we get on out of here? No, I'm just looking forward to a great week next week of football and Texas A&M winning. So that's all. That's all I got today, man. And you know what? Oh my gosh! I hope to God it'll start getting cooler soon. This heat is killing me. Hey, uh, yeah. First first day of fall is uh, exactly a week from um, to, today. No, yeah, today. week from today. So, um, or no, 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 tomorrow. No, that's right. September 23rd. Yeah, week from tomorrow. First day of fall. And, um, yeah, and the Cowboys. Cowboys got uh, the Miami Dolphins, who look like a uh, FCS team right about now. So, Cowboys <laughs> all, all, yeah, should be 3-0 after next week. So Yeah, I think so. Good, good watching the boys play. But yeah. with that, thank you guys so much for tuning in, listening this week. Um, make sure you subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already on any platform you listen to. Leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Um, and make sure to share it with friends or family. Um, tell us, you know, let us know how we're doing. should be available on all the uh, major platforms. So until next week, I'm Chuck Taylor. He's Casey Cobb. This has been Unpopular Opinions.